0: Hi, and welcome to a novel ending
1: podcast. We're your hosts, Joanna and Kat. We chat about all things revisions, the fun stuff, the not so fun stuff, and the seriously, I've written like 10 novels now. Why doesn't this get any easier stuff?
0: Join us while we share our enthusiasm and tips to help you tackle your next draft before it tackles you.
1: Hi, everyone. We are back with part two of things to be aware of and look out for when you are doing your line edits or your polish pass. But first we have our question of the day. Would you rather
0: instantly know everything about a book just by touching it or become
1: instantly fluent in every language you hear or read? This is a tough one for me. Well, if you instantly knew everything about a book just by touching it, you could get through so many books. Like, you could just go through the library. I mean, I feel like partially
0: it would be disappointing because you wouldn't – I mean, what's the point of
1: reading? I think that if I could
0: do that, I would never read a book. Yeah, exactly. I would never stop to read the book. So I guess maybe there needs to be more clarification of what you – I mean, if you know everything about it, like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read anymore. i just touch books. Yeah, which is sad. But also, there's so many times I wish I could do that. And be like, oh, I don't want to read that book.
1: Yeah. To just, like, know the ending or just be like, oh, I would love to absorb this book but not take the time. Save yourself so much time on all the books you might DNF because
0: yeah, you just know that you should.
1: I know. That's hard. But also, I have always, you know, would love to just travel and just be immediately fluid that was my gut answer
0: was for sure that would be it would i think the first option knowing everything about a book would save you time right mm-hmm. but which i'm all about saving time but i'm gonna go with being instantly fluent
1: yeah i think i'm gonna go with that one too oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> new year maybe right. we're gonna agree on all of our questions mm,
0: we'll see <laughs> So, first, today we're going to talk about fluff chapters. We sort of talked last week about coming across scenes or chapters that felt out of place. Now, I'm not sure that a fluff chapter is exactly something that feels out of place or forced. I feel like it's more of a thing that just shouldn't exist altogether. <laughs> Yes. All right. Give us a definition of fluff chapters, Kat.
1: So my definition is chapters where nothing happens to move the plot forward. The characters don't learn anything new or the stakes and tension aren't increasing. And I think for me, when I think of fluff chapters, I see a lot of them fantasy, like YA fantasy and And it's so hard because sometimes they're, like, fun to read, but the, like, glam-up makeover chapters, Mm -hmm. I see in so many YA, especially when it's a girl who, at the beginning of the story, is like, "Mm, I'm just an ordinary girl, Mm -hmm. but the prince loves me out of all the girls in the kingdom, and, like, I get this gorgeous makeover, and, like, I look at myself in the mirror, I'm like, is that like is that me? You know, yeah. Kind of, I feel like oh, I've read that chapter or like that particular scene like so many times, and well, just the like makeover scene. I'm just like, oh god. When you say that about they're
0: fun to read, I think well they could always be like extra material that you send in your newsletter or something. And like the makeover, the one I think of the most for a fluff chapter is also YA. I think if you're writing in a high school setting, a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm writing a story about kids who are in school, so there should be a homecoming chapter, and there should be a dance chapter, and there should be a winter ball chapter, and there should be, you know, all these events that happen in high school should be in my book. But then nothing is actually happening, like Kat said, in that chapter. It's just fun and games. And there's obviously, you know, like Save the Cat talks about the fun and games part of the story, but there still has to be all the things that Catalyst did for a chapter to be worth inclusion in your story. So yes, my definition is much shorter. It's like chapters that you just don't need. If you lose them, everything else still makes sense. You didn't even know it was there in the first place. And sometimes I think this happens when an author is writing to like discover. So you'll end up with backstory or character building chapters that alone don't offer enough and that sort of slow things down and make people lose interest. And I think that you can and should pull those things throughout the whole book, not just, you know, put them in a chapter, because that's where you were thinking about it as
1: the author before you were moving on. Mm-hmm. And I think I see this a lot too, and kind of that murky or muddy middle, mm-hmm. where an author really knows their plot up until the exciting incident or the break into two and they know the climax and you know that's very strong but then they're like but how do i pass time to connect those two like insert the fluff
0: chapters Mm -hmm. what would you suggest doing if you're revising and you come across something that feels purely only fun to read
1: (laughs) so what I suggest first off is writing all your chapters on, it can be like note cards or sticky notes or even just like bullet points in a notebook or on your computer. Uh I don't usually do this until my first draft is done. Because again, like my first drafts are to just kind of get the plot out. Then I suggest taking a hard look at what happens in each chapter. If a chapter falls prey and doesn't have any of those things that we mentioned. So like no character arciness or tension or plot forward movement, or even if it might have like a pinch of it, then I would take a good hard look and be like, does this chapter need to exist or could I move this? Maybe this scene has something, but does the scene need a whole fluff chapter around it? Mm-hmm. Can this scene be moved into another Place. chapter? Mm-hmm. Yes, probably. Yes.
0: It probably can.
1: Yeah. And my, I guess my overall advice with fluff chapters is when I've written fluff chapters and I've tried to like unfluff them, I don't know if that's the right, defluff the chapter, like, oh, I'm going to add, I'm going to add all these stakes in this chapter. That usually doesn't go well as opposed to just taking out the little bits of it and then deleting the chapter that tends to like it's like you're forcing it 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 moves from a fluff chapter to something you've tried
0: to force into working yes author intrusion um another moving on from fluff chapters but also sort of fluff so that's my weak segue
1: is too much stage direction stage direction can be anything from a character moving the whole body across the space or even small actions like moving hands. I'm wildly moving my hands right now as I'm talking. Uh, Like head nods, grabbing objects, like anything that is too much. You're breaking down the movement
0: into too many parts.
1: Yes. If you have a character driving a car and they need to get out of the car, sometimes you can just say... They got. They get out of the car. You don't need to be like, oh, they turned the keys and the car – like the engine died and then they like undid their seatbelt and then they opened the hand. You right. know, you do not need right. all of that.
0: And I do think sometimes when you're drafting, a little bit more stage direction comes out because you're in your head positioning people and stuff. But when you're reading through, I think you can generally tell when you're spending too much time on that. Especially if characters are having a conversation and there's too much stage direction in between. You want things between your dialogues. So you don't have talking heads. But you also don't want so much between your dialogue that someone's like, wait, what are we responding to now? Because this character just stood up from their chair and looked around the room and found the ball that they wanted to grab and then walked across the room and picked up the ball. You know, that's too much. Like, you can summarize that much more quickly.
1: Yeah. So a time that you might actually want a lot of stage direction, so in general stage directions, yes, slow down a scene. So a time you might want them is when you want to purposefully slow down the scene. So just going back to that car example, if you have a character who is, <laughs> say they were forced to rob this house for some reason, they need money. I know, this is a terrible example. Anyway, so they need money and they have to rob this house and they absolutely do not want to do it, like, yes, you might slow down a little bit and describe the, like, hand shaking as they, like, turn the keys and the ignition, you know, that kind of thing, just to kind of draw it out a little bit. I am not a suspense writer or a thriller
0: writer, but I think sometimes you can do this in suspense, like, especially when the reader knows there's danger on the outside of the car door, let's say. You will slow down the character getting out of the car to, like, heighten that anxiety for the reader because the longer it draws out, right, so there's there's places for, like, that. Now, don't quote me on that because I'm not a suspense writer, but I can definitely <laughs> see that happening, which also, I'm doing pretty good on my um, transitions you are, here today,
1: you.
0: brings us to genre standards. So, another thing to be aware of when you are revising and rereading your story is if you are sticking to your genre standards. Now... Some people don't want to write in a genre. They want to merge genres or just write what they're writing. Um, But if you want to pitch your story as a particular genre, a romance, a suspense, a thriller, then you definitely don't want to disappoint readers who are counting on those genre standards. For instance, if you're writing romance and you want to pitch your book as a romance, make sure that your couple ends up together at the end. If they don't, I don't think you want to pitch it as a romance because all those romance readers will not be happy with you and they likely won't pick up your next book and that's what they're there for.
1: Right. Yeah. And I feel like romance has at least one big fight where right. you're like, Oh, the characters, no.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might not end up together,
1: even yeah. though you know they do. Yeah. And
0: that's why you're reading and if you're writing fantasy or sci-fi historical fiction anything that's not like of the contemporary world and our current time then you don't want to skimp on description kind of going back to some you know clarity being a hot word that we've been talking about you will need to draw things out clearly for your reader to follow so if you don't Like writing description, you will just need to make sure to do it in a way that still makes it clear for your reader. And you don't have to do that as much in contemporary because your reader will assume and fill in standard things that we know from our own life experience. You don't have to describe a communications device in a contemporary world at a normal high school because everyone knows what a cell phone is. But if you're writing fantasy and there's no cell phones, then you do need to put a little bit more. Work there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're writing literary fiction, don't skimp on anything. Literary fiction is not a quick skimming the surface kind of a genre. And back to the thriller and suspense. If you're writing a thriller, you must provide a thrill. And if you're writing a suspense, you must provide suspense, etc. So research your genre expectations. Read a lot in the genre. Search online for lists of genre expectations. Make your own list of things that you're seeing a lot the things that seem the most important because I'm not an expert on all genres. So you can do that work. But just if you're planning to sit securely in one place, make sure you are doing so.
1: Mm-hmm. And I feel like genres can change over time. Like if you think of the evolution of like YA, like YA nowadays, I feel like reads very differently than mm-hmm. even when I was in high school. Yeah. and. In- I don't know that there was much of YA. when There we were wasn't. High I was like, I read some horror YA, mm-hmm. but I don't even. Yeah, I don't know if it really right. existed. But yes, I agree.
0: Yeah, I think that as society changes, and I guess what I think most obviously of recently is as people's attention spans have changed, and streaming services and. The instant videos online has changed how some genres present themselves.
1: And my advice in addition to reading widely in your desired genre is don't try to push the bounds like right off the bat. Like if you are writing a mystery for the first time, like you should probably stick to the conventional standards for the mystery genre. I wouldn't be like hey i'm gonna do mystery but it's gonna be told backwards and also there's like five detectives instead of one you know just just write a good mystery to start before before you start playing with it yes
0: exactly yep that's it for today and um in our line editing revision series we will next time be talking about order Thanks for listening to another episode of A Novel Ending Podcast.
1: If you're a fan of the show, please help us spread the word by leaving a rating and review and by sharing this episode with your community. And make sure to check out our website a novelending.com to
0: learn more about what other services we offer.
1: Happy revising!